New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Before we get started today, I just wanted to make a quick shout out to Josh out of the USA who left us a glowing five-star review in iTunes. He said, title, Matt is a superstar. I don't know about that, Josh. I think uh, the guests we get on the show are certainly uh, much more of a superstar than I am. I'm just the guy with the big mouth. Anyway, uh, when it comes to what take, what it takes for a tradesperson to be successful, Matt has the keys. Listen to his podcast and you'll come away with a real take-home value that's practical and can be easily implemented in your business. There aren't enough people helping those who own trade businesses and Matt is certainly one of them. We're lucky that he wants to share his knowledge with us. Thank you very much, Josh. As mentioned though, um, I certainly appreciate your comments, but uh, as again, I think it's a testament. This podcast is definitely a testament to the caliber of guests that we have on the show. So thank you very much. Guys, if you'd like to leave us a review, uh, it would be very helpful. It actually helps our ratings in uh, iTunes, which means uh, they give us a bit of a foot up from a promotional point of view. So you can head across to iTunes and leave us a review or if you're an Android listener, you can head across to Stitcher or basically wherever you consume your podcasting media, uh, you can pretty much leave a review there. Uh, Anyway, uh, another mention quickly to the Facebook group. If you guys aren't part of that and you would like to be, um, you can head across to the uh, head across to Facebook and just type in SciShed into the search bar. You'll see the page and a group. Uh, go across and like the page, and you can uh, request access to the group. Um, there is some incredible conversations going on in that group at the moment, and I strongly advise you guys to be part of it. Um, there's some seriously good business owners in there sharing a wealth of knowledge. Anyway, that's all from me. Uh, let's dive in. You're joining us for part one of the three-part series that I'm conducting with Mr. Danny Kerr from BT Academy out of BC, Canada. The series we've titled The Top Three Mistakes Growing Trade Businesses Make, and this is the first mistake, hiring the wrong people in your business. Enjoy. The SiteShed podcast is made possible because of Tradie Web Guys creators of beautiful websites designed specifically for tradies and contractors. If you're tired of dealing with web designers that have no idea about your industry, then head across to tradiewebguys.com.au and reach out. Like many companies from all over the place, you'll be very glad you did. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Toolbox Talks on the SiteShed Podcast. My name is Matt Jones, and I am your host and facilitator, and I am joined today by my man, Danny Kerr from BT Academy. Danny, welcome. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, mate, my pleasure. For the listeners out there, we had a bit of a technical hiccup. Um, however, we're through that now, hopefully. So <laughs> round two, here we go. Danny, this series we're putting together here is uh, the top three mistakes growing trade businesses make. This has come out of, um, I suppose, your knowledge and expertise within trade organizations. You run out of uh, British Columbia in Canada. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your background and blah, blah, blah? Sure. Blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, our, our whole world is in, you know, working with painting, landscaping, renovations, you know, plumbing, lawn care, like those types of businesses. And reason being is... Tri- tradies, mate. Tradies. Trades. Trade, tradies. Yeah. You call that in Australia. <laughs> tradies, I guess. We need, we need a good word for it. We call it trades and there's also home services. But anyways, um, tradies. So... <laughs> Our whole world was in that. I mean, when I was 18 years old, I started a small painting franchise. Uh, when I was 20, I grew that to about a million, about 1.3 million. When I was 25, I was helping with the development and recruitment of Western Canada for a company uh, that was franchising out painting companies and um, learned a lot in that organization and also met a lot of amazing people there that were, you know, executives in, on the, in that company and people that were running franchises. And so it was, it was a pretty unique way to grow up in my 20s. And uh, by the time I was 27, I was kind of at a place where I really wanted to to start something of my own where I could teach and develop and train people that weren't necessarily in franchises, but they're running trades and home service companies or trading companies, I guess. And, uh, and they were looking for guidance. And so um, I band together with a, my business partner, Igor, um, and another um, one of my actual bosses, um, James Dale, uh, from, from the company I was with prior. And we started what's called today is Breakthrough Academy. And what it essentially is, is that's basically franchise-esque like systems for non-franchised companies. So we really help people between a half million to $5 million in revenue, figure out how to systemize their business, how to, you know, work better with their people, how to manage profitability, cash flow, understand it as an actual business and not just a trades business. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys are trades guys. They're not good business owners. So we've really helped them figure out how to run this as an actual company. And um, from that, help them grow, help them become more profitable, help them have more time for them and their family. And, um, Really, just stop doing it the hard way. There's a lot of there's a lot of little things that make a big difference. So, so Danny, when we talk about um, franchises, just for the listeners that may or may not be um, overly familiar, what what is a franchise? And I suppose why in a franchise is there such a huge, I suppose, emphasis placed on systems and processes? It's essentially when you build a business and it's your own business. If you're not careful all you'll do for yourself is build a job. Right. So you'll build something that you get, you know, customers giving you money, you go out and do that job with you and your guys. But if you don't show up on Monday, your guys usually won't show up and the customer usually won't pay you and things will slowly fall apart the longer you're away from that so-called quote-unquote business. What a real company and what a real enterprise consists of is good systems, good people that are trained to use those systems. And what you really need to be as an owner as you grow this as a real company and organization is the orchestrator of those things, kind of the puppet master of those things. Yeah. And you know, if you're stuck in there, in the cogs, working with those cogs day to day, you're never able to step back and actually run it as a business. It will never be anything more than just a job. So we really help people step out of that day-to-day place that they put themselves into where all the sticks lie on them and help them lie them on the right employees, the right systems, and help things kind of become a little bit more automated without them needing to be in every part of the day-to-day. Yeah, okay. And I suppose, and, and uh, well, for the local guys here in Australia, an example of a franchised business would be Jim's Mowing, Jim's Plumbing, or these lawn care companies. Do you, do you guys have those over there? Or? We got those guys there too. Oh, you here do? too. Yeah, okay. we got same ones. So, okay, cool. You know, Different franchises offer different things. I personally am not a huge promoter of franchises. I, I think that they do do certain things really well. They build systems really well. Yeah. They can potentially like help you get up and started uh, quicker than normal. They can give you a good brand to work with. But what sucks about franchises is they're locking you into a turf. They're charging you royalties for you know the remainder of your entire ability to run this business. And and slowly as you grow a company, you're you're realizing you don't necessarily want or need that franchise. It actually hinders your ability to keep growing. Yeah. Right, so right. what we've done is unlocked people from that. We're like, look, don't worry about it. You're running a million dollar business. Let's Let's just give you the systems that these guys use. Let's just give you the coaching that these guys have access to. Let's get you involved in the culture and the community of other like-minded businesses so you guys can share ideas. And those are all like the good parts of franchises that we kind of just took the good stuff and left the bad stuff and created a program out of it. So I suppose there's um, 
I suppose there's pros and cons, right? I mean, obviously, for a lot of people out there that aren't familiar with that sort of business structure, then you know, joining a franchise could be an invaluable learning experience. However, like you say, there are there, there are limitations, but I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. So, yeah, I think I think that's a really cool takeaway. Basically, what you guys are doing there is helping businesses build in a franchise style model into an everyday business. So that's really cool. Totally, you got it, man. So that's all I do. So, Danny, we've broken this series down into three episodes, the first one of which is called Attracting the Right Talent. This is a topic that has been hounding my Facebook group of late, uh, people, you know, staff retaining, getting the right staff, keeping the right staff, blah, blah, blah. We've actually done quite a few podcasts recently on that. I just had a, um, a gentleman out of the United States who was a lawyer, um, and he was talking about how to employ people the right way and do all this kind of thing. And I know we've had that conversation as well, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to diving into that one. The second episode was lack of focus on gross profit margin. And I feel like you've basically created that podcast specifically for me. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, as business owners, I think sometimes, you know, we we don't like to look at the things that may not be as appealing as we as other things in the business. And that's very often can come down to gross profit margin. So, um, and then the last one is going to be the wrong prioritization of time. And um, of course, that is a big one because as business owners, you know, we tend to get bogged down in things that we typically should not be doing. We should have other people doing for us who could probably do it 10, 15, 20, a million times better. So yeah, I think that's going to be a good framework for uh, covering off on you know the top three mistakes that business owners make. I, I tend to agree. I think they're also the top three, <laughs> the top three mistakes that business owners make. So, um, I mean, what are we hoping to get out of this series, Danny? Like, what are you? What are the real linchpins here? Yeah. So here's the nice thing. At the end of the day, we're going to go through some thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk through some of our experiences, and and we have 120 companies. So I, I really I've seen the bird's eye view of where people make common mistakes. So hopefully we'll say some stuff that's real, you know, pretty relevant. Yeah. But the nice thing is that we've got a ton of these downloads and templates we've given you, so you can give everybody. And beyond this podcast, there's instructional videos and stuff they can actually take from this and actually use and actually implement their business immediately. So my hope is that we'll we'll spark some interest, get some ideas from you guys in sense of like how to make some change, and then we'll give you some templates and stuff to get started in. And yeah. ultimately, I mean, hey, we're a business, we're growing. And if there's the right people out there to work with, um, our intention is to find those people and work with them and help you guys. Absolutely. And guys, um, just as Danny touched on there, there will be a link within the show notes to uh, every episode um, of this series. You've got to head across there and you can get access to all these amazing templates that Danny's given us. They've all got instructional videos. I've been using one of them, the financial one, and it is absolutely mind-blowing. Um, it even freaked my accountant out how good it was. So um, I thoroughly encourage you guys to get across there and check that out because it is a absolute game changer. How long did it take you to do that with that spreadsheet together, Danny? I don't even know, man. <laughs> I, I just did one the other day that took me 22 hours. Uh, this one was not even built just by me. It was built by a combination of my team. Yeah. Three years in, we've made tweaks to it now that right. hundreds of hours. I don't even know how many hours have been put in just for that spreadsheet, but a lot. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to be available through the um, through the links on in, in the specific episodes of the show notes, and you'll also be able to get hold of that, guys, through the resource section on the site shed, which is the siteshed.com forward slash resources. Okay, Danny, let's rip in. So episode one, attracting the right talent. Go, man. Who are we talking at here? Is this owners, managers, human resource, human remains? <laughs> talking about owners, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I find a lot of the people we work with are like, oh shit, we need a painter. Oh shit, we need a production manager. Oh my God, we need an office administrator. But they realize it when it's almost too late. 
So extremely reactionary. Then they send out a bunch of ads and they try and find somebody and nobody writes coming at the right time and they just go for this B-level candidate. They're like, whatever, good enough. You come in, help us with this stuff. And they find that this person they've hired never fully lives up to the expectations of what they were hoping them to live up to. Yep. Right? And they're constantly kind of like a half working leg running the business with them. And that this owner now has to constantly be involved in getting that person to become better, helping motivate that person, making sure that per- they don't that person they pick up that person's mess behind them because that person missed on a bunch of you know technical stuff or things that they were supposed to have done either on the job site or in the office and so on. And so the owner's time never gets fully like saved from hiring this like new person. It actually often becomes more work and they become kind of a babysitter of older people. Mm. Ultimately it's just it's done with reactionary recruiting and accepting of B level candidates uh, and versus the, the A level people that they should have been you know anticipating and waiting for to bring mm. in at the right time. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, look, that's that's certainly my experience, both for, on on both sides of the equation in business. I mean, I've I've both been there where I've been hired for the wrong position, and I've both been there when I've hired people you know, in the wrong position based off probably not having the right processes down. So, I mean, I suppose would you say the main reason for people hiring the wrong staff is that they don't have, I suppose, the right briefing or the right onboarding or the right qualification process? Or, I mean, why why do we do this wrong? I think it's it's just lack of, you don't know what you don't know, right? right. So you, you trust your gut. You sit in front of a guy or a girl and you're like, could I have a beer with this person? Does this person seem like a good person? All right, you're hired. Let's see how you do, right? <laughs> and that's the extent of their you know hiring process, right? right. Or they're, you know what, we're, we're in reactionary mode. We need somebody. I don't even care. Missing teeth, whatever. Yeah. You, have a, you have a steel-toed pair, pair of boots and a heartbeat? Let's rock and roll. Let's see how you do. <laughs> and they use the job site to kind of test people out to see how they do, which, you know, in some ways it isn't the end of the world to do it that way. It's just, it creates a lot of transience and it creates a lot of like, you know, chaos on the job site itself. If that's your recruiting front where you're putting people, right? So mm. there's a lot of things you can do before that to make sure A, you attract the right kind of people and B, you can predict their future performance based on past results. Yeah, right. And we can go through what those are. And essentially this will allow people to get better you know, applicants, so better results on your app flow that comes in so you have better people to choose from. And then B, it'll help you really be able to have like a, almost like a predictor on like how people will perform with you in the future. Yeah, okay. So why don't we talk about that? I and mean, why don't we talk about, I suppose, some of the things that we can do to hire smart and talk about some of the things that we can do to maybe fire smart and, you know, how to, I mean, I know when we spoke last time, we, we, we spoke a lot about, and it sort of rung home very true to me, you know, having the right sort of KPIs or job descriptions in place can, at the end of the day, uh, save you from having that awkward you know, legal battle or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, if they're not performing to the, the roles and tasks they've been employed by, then, then what's the point? Totally. Yeah, it, it really starts with understanding exactly who you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for those who understand marketing, I mean, really, I'll, I'll give you this, this. There's one nugget on this whole idea. Think about it this way. Think about your recruiting as a sales and marketing effort. Okay. okay? So pe- people sometimes think about recruiting as recruiting. I'm looking for people. I need to hire somebody. I'm going to pay them money. So like they better be good. Versus in today's day and age, and especially with the generationals, and you know, I'm 30, so I'm probably right in that group. But I think that a lot of people need to realize like you need to turn it on its head a little bit and see this first as a sales and marketing activity followed by a recruiting and selection activity. Yeah, right. But if you're not good at sales and marketing to begin with, you're never going to have the right people to recruit and select anyways from. And yeah. where all that starts is like, what I would do is I would sit down and I would profile my ideal candidate. So if I'm looking for a project manager in a construction company, I might sit down and sit down with either my current project manager that I have or that I want another of, or maybe my, my friend's business who's got a good project manager or a friend of mine that I know who's a good project manager, but I'll do my best to find like the guy. Maybe he's not available or maybe he's already in my team, but I need another one of the guys. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to write down his name on a piece of paper and we've got all these templates for you to follow through on, but like figure out his strengths, his weaknesses, his core values, his wants, his needs, his fears, why he took the job, why he stays with the job, what he's, what he, what he aspires to be, what, what his goals long-term are. I really got to understand that guy. And in doing that, I'm going to drop an ad that sells to that guy. Gotcha. In a sense of my title will be catchy and engaging based on that guy's needs. My description of the company will be the things that that guy described that he loves about our company. My descriptions of duties will talk through the things that that guy says he loves about his job. And then finally at the bottom, I'll have a qualify out section that says, here's what you need to do to be able to apply for this job or here's what you need to be capable of. And those will be my requirements in the sense of like making sure you're actually applicable to apply for this position. And what you're kind of doing is you're trying to get the guy to like drool over the job description before he even applies for it. And, and you're trying to get him to self-identify and almost be like, these are the boots I need to fill. Like whether they're looking for a job or not, if they t- stumble upon your ad, you you appear to them as the perfect situation for them to spend a 40 hours a week of their life in. Yeah, right. So I'm not sure about the situation in Canada, but I know certainly here in Australia, they're like there's, there's just not enough workers to go around. So there's a real battle and a lot of the guys out there are struggling with that scenario where you know, there's a there's like one guy who could potentially be working at 15 different places and he could, you know, if you, it's almost like he's doing you a favor kind of thing. Yeah. So it sort of creates a bit of that, uh, you know, for a lot of the guys, they're struggling retaining staff, especially because, you know, someone might offer them extra couple of bucks an hour or whatever it is. And then, you know, they're, oh, I'll just go there because I get more money. And, or they could, you know, they could screw up and get, you could sack them and tomorrow they're working. So it's no big deal. Um, <laughs> how do you, what's, what's the process, I suppose, around that? So again, it all goes back to hiring somebody because it's when you first hire somebody and first set expectations with somebody and then you as an employer live up to those expectations and hold them to their expectations that you start to develop a more long-term relationship. Yeah. You know, what I've noticed a ton by people lose employees is because expectations were missed. At the end of the day, they came in with a picture of what they thought that job was going to be like and you showed them a different picture than what was sold to them originally. Yeah, right. If that makes sense. Mm. People will stick around. I mean, yeah, they could get an extra buck or two from somebody else. The reason they're leaving, though, is because that buck or two is a great excuse to go and find their dream, which is not with not with you, which you now realize is not with you. People will, you know, more or less, people will work harder up to the point where they can pay for their bills. And if they have a savers mentality, can save a bit of money. But once you give them that amount of money to kind of be comfortable, now it's about their experience with you, how you make them feel. Did you live up to their expectation or are you guys living up to each other's expectations? And basically, like, are, do they get to feel like they're a part of something? Like, are you building into them over time? Yeah. And are okay. they growing? And those things matter so much more. But if you just hire somebody, promise them the world and don't deliver on it or hire somebody real quick and don't set any expectations, they'll self, they'll, they'll think through what they think the expectations should be. And then when that doesn't get lived up to, they'll get pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's a good point. I mean, I know I had a gentleman who you may or may not be familiar with, Al Levy from Seven Power Contractor. He he did a really good podcast and he was talking about um, one of the best ways to attract the right talent and retain the right talent is to offer them a career path. So not so much um, say, you know, here's a job and, and why, where you're competing with all these other people. But if you can give them like a blueprint to where they could potentially end up as a result of working with you, that very often is a lot more appealing than saying, well, here's a job and it pays an extra five bucks. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, we have a team. I'm 30 years old. We have a team all under the age of 35 pretty well. And um, there's 13 of them that all work for Breakthrough Academy right now. I've recruited all of them uh, with actually my business partner, Igor. And for, for us, it's just been a process of slowly like selling to the right person selecting them, making them feel very warm and welcome. And, and like they are literally in the right community for themselves to, to learn and grow long-term and helping them hit their goals. You know, my assistant, Caitlin, um, when I first met her, she was just starting to date a guy. She was renting. She was, you know, 
you know, didn't have a ton saved at all. I was just trying to get back on her feet. Um, she was 25, 27, something, somewhere in that age group. And by 30, she's 30 now, she's got she's got an awesome husband who I just got back from their wedding a few months ago. She just went on an epic uh, vacation for three, uh, three weeks down in South America. She's got a house that she just purchased and she's about to move into in a week from now. And she's got awesome, awesome savings. And it's because not only do we talk about that in the interview, but every week, every month, I was committed to helping her get those things in her life. Yeah, well... Maybe I'll come work for you, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, Caitlin will never leave us because we're a part of who she is now. We're a part of her way of life. And, and I think for her, she appreciates us and will help us hit our goals. And we'll do that for her as well. Yeah, that's a good point as well. I mean, I've just, and that's sort of, I suppose, where I was heading with that. I mean, if somebody comes along to her tomorrow and says, hey, Caitlin, we'll give you an extra five bucks an hour. She'd be like, well, no, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, like this is my family. Like, yeah. what, what are you trying to tear me away from here? Yeah, There's a lot yeah. more loyalty when you commit to people. Yeah, okay. So, so, I mean, you spoke about that whole, um, I suppose, like hiring as a marketing process. When we're doing that, and I know you've left some some information for the guests there, is it kind of, is it like, are you following a process? Are you following like a like a specific question base or like, you know, how, how do you how do you tick all the boxes? Yeah. So you start with like the person, then you start through their strengths, their weaknesses, their core values, their wants, their needs, their fears. You drop a job description on that. And then that job description you want to post in a few different areas. So if it's a professional position, you want to post on LinkedIn. But more importantly, you actually want to reverse search people with similar experience that you're looking for on LinkedIn, add them to LinkedIn, and then send them a little message that says, hey, our company XYZ is looking for a person in XYZ role. Thought I would add you and see if you know anybody that would be a good fit for something like this. Please check out a link in the description. Yeah. And not saying, would you be a good fit, but do you know anybody? It opens the door for it not to be so threatening and do the exact same thing on Facebook too. So you get you, all your employees in a room, everyone, basically you go over exactly who you're looking for and you drop the profile. I usually save that, you know, job ad at the back end of our website on a link. And then I have them all send out the same message through Facebook and have them direct message 50 to 200 of their friends each. And then also offer a bit of a recruiting bonus too. So, Hey, so-and-so, um, my company XYZ is looking for another person in an XYZ role. Curious, maybe you'd know somebody. I know the owner said he's paying a $500 hiring bonus. Thought it might be worth your time to look through your friends. Let, yeah, let well. me know. And he could send that to somebody who's potentially a really good fit. And they could read through it themselves and be like, I'm that guy. But it's not threatening either. And it's also an ability for them to send it off to what somebody else they know. And now you're getting through people's network. You know, if you're... If you have five employees and they each send it out to 100 people, that's 500 people that it gets sent out to within an hour, as long as you hold the space for guys to do that. I usually do it at Friday o'clock, Friday at 3 o'clock. We do pizza and beer. Everyone sits around their laptops and we send these things out before the weekend ends. Yeah, and cool. then everyone's kind of like, cool. I'm like, thanks for helping, guys. We'll see if we get anyone from it. And if you do, pass them through. And if so, I'll pay you and your friend 500 bucks because you guys can split it between the two of you. Thanks for helping. Brilliant. I love it. So those frameworks, Danny, they're in the – you've left that for the guests, right? You got it. Okay, yeah. cool. So guys, um, just once again, head across to the show notes for this episode because all of those frameworks um, Danny has put together in like a template form. And there's multiple templates in there as well, isn't there? I mean, it's not just one. Like we're talking, there's job posting worksheets, there's ideal candidate worksheets, there's um, there's all sorts of stuff. There's, there's, a, there's a video you've recorded there on recruiting. Like it's, it's really good. So um, guys, make sure you head across there and check that out because it um, it's pretty gold. Danny, what else do we need to talk about? Are we getting close to wrapping this one up or is there anything in particular you think we have missed? Um, I mean, that that's the basics of it. There's a lot more you can go in depth when it comes to once you've got the applicants in, how to sort them. 
how to basically do proper setup calls, how to do proper screening of actually the interview itself and how to predict future performance on these people based on their past behavior. Um, there's a lot of discussion that goes into that. I don't know if we can cover it all in a short podcast, but what I will say is, you know, at one point in my life, um, I was in charge of recruiting franchises and I would hire about 150 franchisees a year. I would go through roughly 50 resumes to 100 resumes even a day. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> so I got used to like a pretty good rigorous like process to recruiting people. And one of the best things I realized with doing this was I would always rate my apps out of 10. So, you know, have them all in a folder, rate them out of 10. And what I noticed is my nines and tens were getting jobs within 48 hours. My eights and sevens were getting jobs usually within about a week. And my sixes and below almost never had a job. And they were always the ones reapplying to me week after week, month after month, you know, mm-hmm. even like year after year. And it was interesting because I realized that sometimes that's not just, you know, getting that, the, the applicants in and giving them a call and getting them hired. It's being timely with it too. Like when you're busy in the day to day and you've got some apps coming in, you're like, oh, I'll call that guy tomorrow. And then you forget. And you're like, oh, I'll call that guy tomorrow. And then you finally call him and he never calls you back. You don't know, but that might have been an A candidate. You just missed him because he got hired before you have a chance to give him a buzz. So just be timely in your approach with this stuff as well. Yeah, right. Good advice. Very good advice. All right, cool. Well, look, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode, unless there's anything else you wanted to add, but I think it's pretty good from my end. No, it's good. I mean, I know this is a problem with a lot of people. Um, If you guys want to chat with me further, um, as you download some of these resources, there's a chance to set yourself up for basically a one-on-one assessment with me or one of my team. And we can talk more about it. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of that stuff will really get you guys started uh, for where you want to go. So Yeah, cool. All right, awesome. Well, look, let's wrap this one up. And then we're going to come back um, with the following episode of the top three mistakes during growing trade businesses make. Uh, The second episode is going to be a lack of focus on gross profit margin. So I'm looking forward to that one. And um, for now, that is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the, the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.